This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Guy in Australia opened a bottle of champagne on his balcony. The flying cork accidentally hit a bird. What? <laughs> he popped the cork and it hit a bird. Hmm. Not my car. Oh, <laughs> Dude. What? what are the chances of that? It outrageous. Mum, Jacob's killed a bird. <laughs> killed it! The bird recovered. It looked like the bird was dead. Maybe knocked unconscious. Dang. Mild concussion, but the bird quickly recovers and flies away. Because <sighs> my gut, when I heard that headline, and my gut was accidentally sure they were probably aiming, but actually that did look like a genuine surprise, or sound like a genuine surprise. That's outrageous! Some of those birds in Australia, though, are real aggressive. You ever see those people bike to work in Australia, and those birds are swooping around them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so the birds Or there. like the emus coming <laughs> after <Yeah>. them? <laughs> They'll run 60k at you. Yeah, a little bigger, but yeah. they move fast. Take tough more than a cork to take those guys out. Tough to hit with an old cork there. Okay, so who, would you rather hit a bird with a champagne cork or hit a bear with your bicycle? Guy I heard in about British this Columbia one. is riding his bike. He's filming the whole thing and he T-bones a bear. I always yeah. thought like, you know, maybe one day I'd hit a deer, right? Never thought it'd be a bear. He starts running across the road and I just smacked right into him and then went flying right over top of him. He's kind of looking over at us. He's he's sniffing at the air. He's just kind of kind of curious. And then Sam started yelling at the bear, just trying to scare him off. Oh, so the bear didn't run away right away. He was like, "Hey, what was that?" I'd be nervous. I would. I you don't was want to hoping, tick off a bear. Yeah, probably not. I was hoping he flipped off his bicycle, lands on the bear's back like a horse. And continues his journey. <laughs> or he hits the bear. Both of them fly in the air. The bear lands on the bicycle. Yeah, yeah. He and lands, he on, the lands on his shoulders. Oh, <laughs> the shoulders. Whoa. <laughs> the bear's pedaling. They're going down a, a hill. That would have been pretty good. Oh, uh, if only. <laughs> Someone pops a bottle of champagne, knocks them both off the bike. <laughs> the Taz and Jim Podcast. Call or text anytime, 1-833-829-6546. 1-833-Taz and Jim is our number. Here's one. Guys, did Taz actually bring adult diapers to Jim's bachelor party? Haven't heard anything about it. I did not. Thank goodness. Ridiculous concept. But you did come out and complain about us being allowed in the morning, and I said, where's your earplugs? Because you were talking how you were the, oh, veteran move, you gotta do the earplugs. I forgot forgot to bring the adult diapers, and I forgot to bring the earplugs as well. Hmm. And it is funny. Uh, On the Saturday, I got up, and I was ready to get all... Uh, mad at the guys who were like talking right outside the door to my bedroom that I was sleeping in, and but then I looked at my phone and it was 10 a.m. and I was the last guy to get up. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so you forgot your senior citizen carry on all your goods. <laughs> That's right. I forgot my diapers. The Metamucil because yeah. got left at home. My gold bond medicated powder. <laughs> <laughs> Hot out there on the golf course. <laughs> but listen to this: diapers are being turned into concrete. Jim, you should tell your dad about this. <laughs> he wow. builds bridges. Sure. Think about how efficient your your dad's company would be if everyone on the job site just wore adult diapers and then threw them into the concrete mix when it was time. I'm listening. Scientists have figured out that uh, you can sanitize disposable diapers and incorporate them into concrete and mortar, which could be used to build homes. Diapers can be substituted for fine aggregates that are normally used in concrete to varying degrees, 
Mortar for structural uses like load-bearing walls and road pavement can tolerate about 10% diaper. <laughs> so it's not like it helps the structural integrity. It just can cover for the it's, fact it's that there's kinda, diapers in there. Yeah, it's kind of the... It's kinda the more getting rid of diapers. Like, what do you do with all these diapers? Yeah, Usually, it just takes up space. They go in an incinerator, which isn't good for the environment. But uh, if you're looking at non-structural structural uses, like wall partitions and low-impact floor pavers, Jim, <laughs> 40% diaper. Oh, What? Wow. It's almost half diaper. I was picturing the diaper would act kind of like rebar in there somehow, depending what was put in there before it was uh, thrown out. But uh, I don't know. I wonder how that process works. Because I'm assuming it must get shredded up and then at the concrete plant tossed in the mix. Not just tied up and then thrown at the bottom of the forms. Can you imagine you... uh you got a nice new concrete driveway, and then after a heavy rain, it grows to like six times the size size because <laughs> it's so absorbent. <laughs> we put too that. much diaper what in. What the? <laughs> I just said, just to let you know, diapers are very useful. Interesting. Yeah. I'm sorry I didn't bring any to your bachelor party. We could have poured it down. The Taz and Jim Podcast. You got a hypothetical question for everybody, Jim? Yes. Is it rude to fly first class as a husband while your wife and kids sit back in economy? Because <laughs> this is a New York Times article, and the woman who wrote it, the, the wife wrote it, and she says, my hu- husband flies first class while the kids and I fly economy. Um, she says, uh, well, it sucks because you can't actually click on the New York Times articles. You have to play, play a prescription or subscription for it. So I'm kind of reading it through somebody else writing about it. But he did it on an overnight flight to Paris. Okay. So he's sitting first class in one of those like fancy bubble things or whatever. You can take a proper nap a and pod? stretch your legs out. And she's back there with her kids. Now, it sounds worse when you say kids because I picture like perhaps a baby and an infant. Yeah, got a crying really... baby. The mother's got like the rollers in her hair (laughs) you know she's in a bathrobe (laughs) end of her rope sure but the kids are 12 and 16 okay that changes Uh, it a bit he justifies flying alone in first class because of the cost and the fact that our kids are 12 and 16 and uh i'm and the fact that our kids might feel alone if we travel first class with him and leave him in the rear of the cabin so he says if they're in first class they might miss me so I'll go first class so they don't have to feel bad but about they, it. they would have to buy three first class tickets to make that happen. That's a significant cost. Yeah, yeah. Now, if the cost I, is I'm, an issue, then I'm all four from, should fly economy. Well, I'm going to speak from uh, a married guy with two kids perspective here. Okay. Um, there's only three seats in a row on an airplane. So that means he's going to be sitting alone or someone has to sit alone yeah, yeah. anyways. But you can sit across the aisle from Oh, him. no, that seat's taken. I got to go first class. <laughs> so I see this is a move you would pull? I, I kind of like his style. Like it, it is a jerk move a bit, but at the same time, he's got to sit alone anyways. Why a not bit? splurge? Who's paying for the rest of the tickets? Joint account? Who's is the wife making more money than the husband in this scenario? Here's the thing: if if the if money is an issue and you can't afford a first class ticket for all the kids, then stop flexing, stop flexing on the kids and throwing down your own first class ticket because it's significantly more expensive. So if you, if money is tight, then maybe enjoy the flight in the back and with your family instead uh, of, and spend more money on the vacation you're together. See him every day in Paris. <laughs> 
I'm sure you could justify it one way or the other, but perceptually, you yeah, have to I, know what it looks like. It, it looks like a, a, and, a jerk move. And it's a bad sign for other parts of your life if this is how you're pulling. Yeah, maybe you do it so you get first class on the way there if you're the husband, and then you let your wife have it on the way home. Well, he is talking about compromising. He says, my, She says, my husband has suggested traveling alone on a different flight ahead of us so that we don't feel bad about the disparity. He's still in first class. <laughs> now he doesn't have to deal with you at all. He didn't really say that, did this he? This is a quote okay, from Okay, this guy, yeah, this guy is just... Am I wrong, she says? What else is going on in the relationship? <laughs> he's over the top. You know, honey, if you don't like watching me fly first class, I can take another flight. Yeah. How about I go to Rome, you go to Paris, and you don't have to feel bad that I'm doing all the fun stuff. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Jim, 11 days from now, you're going to be a married man. 11, eh? You don't believe me? Hold on. <laughs> Reaching I think I for the calendar. That. One, two, three. <laughs> Holy cripes. <laughs> 11 days yeah. till the big day. Mm-hmm. I, I think I've asked you this before, but I can't remember the answer. Are you incorporating your dogs into the ceremony? Not into the ceremony, no. They're not going to be there. You're not going to make them the ring bearers or anything Not like trained that? well enough, that's for sure. <laughs> the rings would be off into the river and they'd be swimming away. <laughs> Get the shot collar! Okay, well maybe uh, there's still time. Maybe you want to have a father-dogter dance. Oh boy. A man in Philadelphia, a groom in Philly, has gone viral after a video of his father dog dance was posted online, uh, Rosie the dog looks like a uh, a lab, like a almost like a white lab. Is that a thing? Uh, golden like, retriever? <laughs> I don't know. It looks like a looks like a white lab. Yeah, sure. I don't know. It's a really light colored lab. Oh yeah, yeah. There is white labs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the two of them get down to a little ABBA. Yes, she is. Come on. Round of applause, everybody. She looks like she absolutely loves it. All right. One more time for Ben and Rosie. That would be cute. You dancing. I, well, you got a problem. You got two dogs. I know, eh? You either got to dance with both, or Sarah's got to dance with one of the dogs while you're dancing with the other. I think we have to do like the cha-cha train. You know, get we'll get all going around the dance floor. I'm not gonna. I I would never do that at my wedding. I some people just love their. I love my dogs, uh-huh. but some people really love their dogs. Uh, I'm not at that level yet, but I'm not gonna hate on this guy for doing it. If that's if that's what you want your wedding to be, you go for it. My dogs. Would probably be in the cake and running around. It wouldn't be a good scene. Yeah. You get dog hair all over your nice new suit, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but there is, like, we went and uh, did a walkthrough of our venue where a bunch of couples show up and you can, they have preferred clients and, or preferred vendors, like cake makers and florists and stuff like that. And one of the vendors that was there was the dog people who will. Look after your dog that day during your ceremony. Get them dressed up in the morning. Take them down the aisle or whatever. Do their so hair that, and makeup? Yes, yes. <laughs> Size them for a Bruce, suit and bow tie. is that you? Dang. <laughs> Damn, Bruce. Yeah, working it. But So there is a business there. There's a, the bl- a booming business for dog dogs at weddings for whatever capacity. Yeah. Uh, you, listen, pick a song. Maybe it's the Macarena. 
Teach your dogs how to dance. Who let the dogs out? They'll come running in. That'd yeah, be good. That would be fun. Mm-hmm. You got 11 days to train them. <laughs> <laughs> Father Dog Turd Dan. want to see you peacock, cock, cock. want to see you peacock, cock, cock. want to see you Devin Peacock is our sports guy. Dev, what are you hearing about the next move Kyle Dubas is going to make? Well, uh, so if you go back to uh, last week, Kyle Dubas did say either he was going to be the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs or he was going to take a year off that he would not not (laughs) pop up anywhere else. Bullcrap! After the events of Friday, I think that promise is off the table. I mean, that was predicated on him making the decision to come back or not, not the Leafs saying, get lost. So you think now that he's fired, can he go to another team? What's the... He does- can. His contract is up at the end of uh, June. He has... Uh, so Pittsburgh has asked for and received permission to talk to Kyle Dubas. Oh, good. Uh, the team that I think would be really interesting for Kyle Dubas is not the Pittsburgh Penguins. Certainly, that is... There's been the rumor for a long time that Dubas and Keefe would wind up in Pittsburgh next season. But if I'm Kyle Dubas, the team that would really interest me is the rivals of the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Ottawa Senators. They are undergoing a whole uh, ownership sale, of course, right now. That new ownership group may want to bring in someone new. Kyle Dubas is best friends with Jason Spezza, who resigned Mm -hmm. in protest of Kyle Dubas. The story of Kyle being uh, fired by the Leafs at the end of his contract, going to their rivals, bringing back Jason Spezza, the former captain of the Ottawa Senators, is almost uh, too good. Okay, as Leaf fans, guys, do you have like this bad feeling in your stomach that Kyle Dubas's team, whatever team he ends up at, is going to win a Stanley Cup in the next three years? No. <laughs> I don't know if they'll win a Cup, but I mean, I don't think he did a bad job, and I, and as soon as he was let go, I said a te- another team is going to pick him up immediately, you know, whether there's some bad blood there between Shanahan and, Shanahan and the rest of the organization with Dubas, I don't know, but... He's a young guy still, smart dude. Obviously, he's going to get snagged up ASAP. I wanted him to come back, and I would have preferred he be the GM. But losing, like, people seem to be freaking out a little bit that, oh, Kyle Dubas is gone. What are we going to do? It's like, he was here for five years. He won one round. Like, I liked him. I want him to come back. But he's not hockey Jesus, you know? Like, this guy. <laughs> that's uh, McDavid. Everyone, well, that's another thing. So, the Edmonton Oilers have said that Kyle, Ken Holland has said this is his last year as GM. If you're Kyle Dubas, how about you go work with uh, Connor McDavid as well? So there's other opportunities outside of the Pittsburgh Penguins if I was Dubas that I would be interested in. What about coming the other way? Who could you see uh, taking over the role that Dubas has left vacant? One of uh, the rumors that has been pretty strong, um, even before uh, Dubas was uh, let go and was told he was not coming back, was Bradtree Living, former uh, GM of the Calgary Flames. Uh, the Toronto uh, Maple Leaf brass, Brendan Shanahan, has said they want someone experienced in the role. They've got a lot of decisions they have to make in terms of Austin Matthews, his new deal. Are they going to trade one of the core four or not? What happens to Sheldon Keefe? you got to think he's gone. If he... Like, if Dubas isn't here, like, I don't know why Keefe is still the head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, it's kind of strange that he went before Dubas. But also for Keefe. He didn't go before like, Dubas. Right now, he is obviously still contractually obligated to the Toronto Maple Leafs. If he's not coming back, 
lay him off, let him go so he can find a new job. You know, like these jobs, he can get another job in hockey, but they go quickly. So if he's not going to be your head coach and that's the job of the next GM, I think it's pretty obvious he's not going to be the next head coach. Just get rid of him. Look, Let him look for a new position. But for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, I've, Brad Tree Living seems to be the under the radar or maybe not so under the radar kind of lead for it. I don't know if he's the right person, but for all the people who are worried about Brendan Shanahan making this and screwing this up, like how are they ever going to replace Kyle Dubas? He's the guy that brought Kyle Dubas in. He brought Kyle Dubas out of obscurity and put him in this position. So I do not have this fear that Brendan Shanahan is going to screw this up for the Maple Leafs. He already got it right with Kyle Dubas once. Let's see if he can do it again. The Taz and Jim Podcast. We got a warning for all the grandpas out there. If you have any live grenades in your collection at home, get rid of them now. We know they're cool. WW2 sometimes, you know, relics. You do hear stories about people finding live ammunition or uh, live explosives in their grandparents' houses when they're grandparents pass away and that's exactly what happened here in indiana this is wild according to the sheriff's department officers responded to a call an explosion before 6 30 family was looking through grandfather's belongings when they found a handheld explosive device somebody reportedly pulled the pin on the device and it detonated so there's another tip if you're going through grandpa's stuff and you find a grenade, don't pull the pin. Yeah. It's one thing, if especially if he was a former soldier. You know what I mean? It's one thing if he's just a guy who likes to collect stuff or something. I don't know. But if he was in the army. If he's an antiquer. Yeah, maybe. Or a novelty lighter collector. <laughs> or something. Yeah. But if he was a former soldier, head on a swivel. Yeah. The, uh, the grenade went off. And an adult male was declared dead. It killed somebody. That's tough for the family. The man who died, his two children, a teenage uh, boy and teenage girl, both got wounded by shrapnel and had to watch that. So, you know, is it worth saving that souvenir? Yeah. uh, That's just... I wonder if they tried to throw it or if they were nervous about it. Have you it. ever held a, a grenade in your hand, a live grenade? No, but there are places in Vegas where you can like pay to throw one. No, thank you. <laughs> Depends how good your arm is. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it's, I, I don't know, man. Any explosions like that, like I don't like looking at TNT. It's like some people have dynamite. Old farmers will have like old TNT or dynamite on their farm and all that stuff scares the heck out of me. Uh, is it true that... Like if you pull the pin, if you hold down that little clamp, it doesn't explode until mm-hmm. you let go. Allegedly, is that how it works? I don't know if all grenades work the exact same that way, but if there is a handle on it, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what it's for. Yeah, because you'll see in the movie, like they'll be holding the grenade, they'll pull the pin. Sure, and it's like you can't shoot me because we'll both die. Yeah, yeah, I love that move. But you have to hold on to the you, handle. You can't yeah. let go. You can't let go. Man. So, uh, FBI is actually warning people, do not uh, pull pins on grenades if you find them. Yeah, and, <laughs> and advice. Grandpa, maybe it's time to uh, dispose of that before you kick the bucket of natural causes and make things worse for your family. Mm-hmm. The Taz and Jim Podcast. This is an interesting concept. Headline reads, Hamilton will explore plan to have residents sign on to host homeless people. 
Uh, Councillor Matt Francis said after a long discussion about encampments that have been popping up in Hamilton, they came up with the idea maybe people would welcome homeless people into their houses. Oh boy, that's a big ask. Totally. And this is a problem everywhere. I know uh, London, Ontario, you got tents mm-hmm. popping up. Toronto, tent cities, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a big issue that a lot of towns and cities are facing right now. Is this the answer? Well, the councillor says it's another tool in our tool belt. I'm not suggesting this is going to solve the problem. If you're willing to take in a homeless person, ha- have them live at your house, you're a saint, basically. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. But uh, I, I just I feel like it's a touchy subject. But I, I, if if they were just simply without a home and they had that was it, they had no job and and they couldn't literally find a place to live. That's one thing. But I, there's so much mental health and drug addiction wrapped up in homelessness that it'd be uh, just a little risky, in my opinion, to to invite yeah. a stranger into your home. Well, yeah, it would be risky for the person who's who's letting the homeless person stay with them. Also could be risky for the homeless person because you, now that I think about it, you're either a saint if you sign up for this, you're a great person, or maybe you're a creep. <laughs> maybe a lonely old creep. A lonely yeah. old creep may be I on board know. for this one. Yeah, I wonder if they're vetting both sides, you're looking at criminal records or whatever, but hmm. it, it's just odd that like, you know, we're all in a confusing spot where we don't know what the answer is, but to ask for people to volunteer... Yeah. Take care. I'm sure they're not getting any money. I don't know. Are they getting paid to feed them as well? There's a program similar in Oshawa that involves uh, religious groups and social service agencies. So they're going to look at that model and see what they can learn before they go ahead with this. But that's the suggestion. Um, it could help with the homeless problem if you just let them live with you. <laughs> it's just a, it's just a very big ask. And bless you if that's the move you're going to make. Or you're a creep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're a saint or a creep. There's no in between on this one. The Taz and Jim Podcast. Taz and Jim, inquiring minds want to know, how was the bachelor party, Jim? Good times. Would you say it was everything you hoped and dreamed it would be <laughs> since you were a little boy? I think it was. I think it was. Because I, I just wanted uh, as many of my friends to make it as possible. Uh, I didn't want to fly anywhere and make it difficult. So yeah, 20 guys up to a cottage in, in uh, cottage country just outside Muskoka. Perfect. What was the highlight? Uh, I don't know. I think just like Friday, everybody getting there and then everybody in the best mood, just having an awesome time and just, just being outside laughing and having drinks and just the, the, the inside jokes and all the stuff that was going on. I thought it was a classy move that as people arrived, you gave everyone a hug. They all deserved it. A little bro hug. They all earned it. Caught, yeah. me, caught me off guard. First hug of Taz and Jim's <laughs> life? Might have been. And we must have hugged. We've hugged before at hmm. some point, you got to think. Huh. It was maybe our first sober hug, though, because yeah. like the party hadn't started yet. Yeah, and I walked through the there. door, and you came running at me, open arms. I was like, what is yeah. this guy doing? The party had started for me. <laughs> it was only a one-way street of sobriety on that hug. I'd say the golf was the highlight. I the wasn't, was I wasn't going to golf because it was raining in the morning up there, and uh, I was like, I don't want to be out in the rain. But yeah. then started going a little stir-crazy, a little cabin fever. you got to get out sometimes. Yes. you got to shift gears, and we needed to walk around a little bit. Fresh air. And I think the rain on our faces helped. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, golf was good. 
Uh, cards, playing cards, cards is fun. Yeah, we play a little poker. I don't know, man. Just laughing with your with a group of people. Like every there was so many laughs all weekend long. That's my favorite thing. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's tough to bounce back. I'm, I'm glad I came home a day early because I needed at least twenty four hours to one recover from the alcohol, mm-hmm. but to two stop talking like I was on Letterkenny because. <laughs> You know when people go to England, they come back with a British accent? Yeah, yeah. I came back talking like this. I thought we had a great time up there, eh, I know. bud? You know what's weird? How many times you answer the phones this morning by saying, how's she going? How's Which she is going brand there, new. I've never said that before, but now yeah. it ties on the how's she going train. I got a deprogram from hanging out with all those country boys. <laughs> Hey, boys, she's really coming down out there, eh? It's yeah. going to be a bit of a wet one. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love it. The Taz and Jim Podcast. Getting back into her, want to give a shout out to the Aco Cement Finisher boys. They sent me a text message here, Jim. Uh, my car alarm randomly went off this morning. Mm-hmm. And they say it might be the battery in the key fob that's dying. That actually is is probably true. Because I went through two key fobs. I didn't know how to fix the battery. And the first time the battery was dying... The alarm kept going off? The alarm off? kept going off, and then it stopped mysteriously. Hmm. And then the other battery started dying on my key fob, and the alarm started going off, so I think that might be it. Yeah, I'll look into that. It is. T- I think it's time for me to start looking for a new car, though. Maybe I'll go out to uh, British Columbia, see if I can get a deal on one of these scratched cars. <laughs> Shocking <laughs> surveillance footage sale. shows woman keying 400 cars worth $500,000 over a four-month period at dealerships. So two different dealerships in BC, uh, security cameras show a woman hiding her face, wearing a mask, just walking around the lot, scratching cars. Yeah. Middle of the night. A lot of, mostly the hood, it seems in the video that I was watching. $500,000 worth of uh, damages. Uh, Quote from one of the dealers. It's clear in the videos the suspects deliberately scratching the vehicles one by one. Shocking footage uh, shows her scratching up a Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram dealership and a Journey-approved dealership as well. Hmm. So (laughs) what would the motive be? I, I would think that maybe if it was just one dealership, she got sold a lemon. Yeah, yeah. I, I would guess it's, she's probably either mad at interest rates or fossil fuels. Did she scratch any electric cars? Oh, yeah, that's a good any point, Any hybrids? Too. Did, she, did she go to the Tesla dealership? RCMP are looking into it. They have not found uh, who the woman is. Found out who the woman is, so they have no idea what the motive is or who could be next. Hmm. I'm surprised more dealerships don't have like an overnight security guard kind of hanging. Like considering how much money is out on that lot, you know, millions of dollars on every single lot. It seems Basically. pretty easy to cause $500,000 yeah. worth of damage. All you need is a sharp object. Is that a rock? You know, yeah. it's, ugh, I don't know. I'm sure some of them may now. Police are looking into it. Uh, and hopefully they catch the woman before she strikes again. Mm-hmm.